0: Welcome to the Best in Paranormal Podcasting. This is Darkness Radio. I'm your host, Tim Dennis. We have a very interesting show today, folks. A very good show today. We're going to get into a very interesting theory. And that's this. The guest I have on today says that you wrote the book of your life before you were born. Which is a great theory. We've dealt with this theory before. But she has a very, very good story. In the story of her life, which she's sat down and done the work. So we're going to talk to her about how she came to this theory. And it's the school of hard knocks, folks, as to how she came to this theory. Her story is heart-wrenching. It is uh, it is one of those stories you don't ever, I think, wanna to, wanna to come across. And again, we'll get into it in the in the program. I don't want to spoil anything here. Our guest is Sana Bronner. She's done many things in her life. She's been a journalist. She's been a yoga instructor. But uh, before the show, she put it to me eloquently. I don't think we're defined by our careers because a lot of times in our life, our careers change. And really, we shouldn't be defined by one thing or another because we're like career chameleons, I think, at times. I think we we switch up our careers. We don't become one thing or another. We really are ourselves and we find our identities through our lifetime, so let's welcome into the darkness on the edge of town paranormal radio show, Sana Bronner. Hi, Sana, how are you?
1: Hi, Tim. Uh, thank you for inviting me to your show. It's yeah, I'm 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 happy to be able to talk and share my experience, my story. So yeah, let's see where we go.
0: Exactly. Let's see where we go. I want to mention first the name of the book. And we'll mention this many times throughout the program. And we do have a link in the description of this program to the book called The Borrowed Daughter, A Journey Beyond the Edge of Life. And we'll get into how exactly you started on this journey in just a moment. I want to get to know you a little bit first. Uh, as we mentioned just a moment ago, you've been many things in this life. I want to start with the beginning of your life and, and how you entered into this life and then we'll start to talk about contracts, soul contracts in life. Uh, who is Bronner, Bronner and, and how did you start out life? Yeah, I'm still uh, discovering Sanadrona myself. The thing is,
1: like when I I'm born in Serbia, and uh, that's former Yugoslavia. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents moved to Vienna when I was two and a half, and I have really to tell you, um, looking back now, you know, in my childhood, it was like I I was always a bit different, looking at them and questioning from the beginning. You know, as a child, you know, can question a way of like. Why, you know, are we here? You know, why it feels so unfair? Somebody's healthy, somebody's rich, somebody's sick, somebody's like uh, handicapped and this and this. There are so many, you know, questions I had as a child. And honestly, I had never real answers. Um, But when I became like around uh, 20, I heard the first time about reincarnation. And uh, that made sense, you know, uh, for me, for a long time. Um, now I don't believe anymore in this. I changed my opinion, and I think we should all be open. You know, to allow ourselves, you know, to change uh, how we think, how we feel uh, about everything. And so, and with around twenty or something, I became a, a journalist. I started to write, uh, and the end at thirty, I became the chief editor of a very. Um, like an, a magazine that this was one million three hundred samples, so it was pretty, pretty a huge one. And I was mm-hmm. working, working, and everything that actually was I identified myself was with um, all the all my work, all the effort. This was actually um, who I was, you know. Mm-hmm. I I have to tell you, I, I had to deal with this after. Um, now we let the world fall like the tsunami, you know. After that I, well, I had to work hard on this identity uh myself and my uh identity. Who I who was I, you know, after it's changing, you know, you have, anyway, so, but at 30, as a woman, you know, when you are, you're also asking yourself, do you want to become a mother? I was already, you know, married, and so, um and my mom also pushed me back, because my sister had, had already three boys, and she was like, yeah, son, I'm, yeah, what do you want more, you know, and something, and so, Uh, I, yes, I decided from heart, you know, finally, like, okay, now it's time, you know, and um, the first um, child, uh, Alexander was born, a boy, two and a half uh, years later, the little daughter came, Alexandra Anita.
0: Let me, let me stop you before we get into that. Uh, I want to, I want to backtrack a little bit, because I want to talk a little bit about your childhood in Serbia, and, and we all get raised under one religion or another, Okay. Uh, I myself, I get raised Roman Catholic and and become an altar boy. And I want to talk a little bit about crisis with faith uh, of faith with you before we before we jump into uh, yes. older as we get older, raise kids and whatnot, and have those kids. Um, growing up in Serbia, uh, how obviously we we follow our parents. We follow our parents' religion. Your parents indoctrinate you into what church and, and, and you're following what religion? Because you said something very, you were very obviously very astute as a child uh, and, and, and know that you're very aware of your surroundings. You know that things aren't fair in life, that that some people aren't catching a break. Um, what, what religion are you raised under and do you question your, your faith? And what age do you question your faith at?
1: Mm-hmm. I am um, raised um, Serbian Orthodox. Okay. So that's a Catholic, you know, kind of. You have Russian, Greek, you know, so mm-hmm. Serbian Orthodox. It's a it's a pretty open, you know, way of thinking. You know, mm-hmm. you are, as a priest, you are allowed to marry and have a family yeah. and all these things. Whatever. And, you know, the, the thing I remember, we have been in Vienna as we moved, you know, um, in my early age, you know, to Vienna, uh, we, there was also a Serbian Orthodox Church, and I remember myself, you know, um maybe i was 6 7 you know and my mom liked to go to church because it was also very social you know there mm-hmm. after after the mass you know after there was like a, uh, a room where people would meet sit together drink eat most m- most of them brought some food meat and something so my mom really appreciated this kind of social she was always like social you know and like to share and you know to chat they're <laughs> yeah. and,
0: uh Well, I like to socialize too. I mean, I, I, they I like do, that. But they are, I like that. You
1: know, well. uh, comparing to my dad, he would rather drive home and, you know, do his, you know, stuff, what he was, you know, preparing a car or whatever, you know, somehow. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I remember myself, you know, uh, staying there, you know, and listening to the. Uh, Pope in front, you know, who was speaking, and uh, he said about something like Serbian, you know, blood. Our Serbian blood, and I was like, what? What is he saying? Why is he saying this? You know, why should Serbian blood be different than other blood? You know, That yeah. was already somehow for me like, yeah, I don't like this. You know, somehow uh, that's a message that doesn't fit in my my heart. You know, yes. I was all, and I, I, I don't know why, you know, really, Tim. It was for me like from early on, I, uh my heart was my real home. Mm-hmm. You know, I always, and it was a big, big help. You know, for me, late. Oh my god, and and so in my heart, it didn't, it didn't sound. You know, it didn't, it didn't. You know, like okay, that's that's not true. You know, that can't be. You know what he's saying because he's separating.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, I I had my issues, although I I love a lot of the teachings of of the Catholic Church. I had my issues, like you said, with separating certain things, and the, and it came to when you know when 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 I saw the the teaching of uh, of the New Testament and in the fact that Jesus was out there loving everyone and he was including everyone, yet my priest is up there and he's telling me that he didn't accept certain people into the church well that hurt me i mean that Mm -hmm. that that hurt my heart when when we're talking about the heart uh Mm -hmm. because i'm a person who accepts everyone i'm a person who loves everyone and i i i don't i don't see the disconnect so i i get that when you when you talk about that that i i completely get that and and that's that's my modern day disconnect uh yeah
1: my and and church and religion was for my family more something like you know um yeah it was um like an obligation to follow especially from what it was like yeah it was a fear-based Yes. If you yeah. do not something like this, there might be punishing over there or something like and so I didn't like this either. Yeah. I was yeah. uh, it was something, you know, and uh, it was not we did not follow at home any, any kind of, but for Easter, you know, and Christmas and something my mom uh, used to fasting, you know, then mm-hmm. what was really good, you know, something, mm-hmm. but at, otherwise, you know, there was not, um, yeah, it was, it, they did not question things, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, nowadays when I speak with my dad, oh, it's a whole different story. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, no mm-hmm. know, for him, you know, the church is business. That's it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, I yeah. cut you off when you were talking about. Uh, we were getting to uh, a little bit uh, when you got a little bit older, you were getting into your 30s and you were talking about uh, the fact that you had had children. Uh, continue, I'm sorry.
1: Exactly. And so I was, there was this thing, you know, was like, for a, a woman, it was like, on one side, uh, work, I really loved and enjoyed. I, I mean, it was like, for me, like, you know, every every time um, the magazine came out, a new one, a new version, was like, also, you know, there's a new baby or something like, they had a good team, they had a good work, you know, atmosphere, everything, so this was nice, but on the other side, there was a part of me, was like, yeah, yeah, so, so I was really, when I became mother, I was like, wow, if I would have been, you know, <laughs> discovering this early, I would have a whole soccer team, <laughs> like you know, because mm-hmm. it was everything was easy going, you know, because I loved the way how my body responded, you know, through the uh, the time when I was uh, going through pregnancy and all this, it was very nice. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and so at the end, there was a twist in my again in my heart that it didn't feel so good because I I tried to be. Um, what you would say, a a good mother, you know, to spend time as much as I can with my, you know, children and uh, to do everything. And on the other side, there was this You know, everybody saw me as this strong, you know, powerful woman. She can, she can, doesn't matter what you do. She can make this, you know, through, she can go through everything. She can work, she can be a mother, she can be, you know, a wife and whatever. And, but internally, it didn't fit, you know, the the person I showed up, you know, like, you know, who I, you know, outside. Uh, There was already pain inside, you know, because I could see, well, you know, that's that's the the values, you know, never. never. So uh, and Hmm. honestly, it was also like before in December, before we went to on holiday. Mm-hmm. To, um, well, Sana, let me, Christmas.
0: let me ask you before, real quick, Sana, before we get to that special Christmas, let me ask you this. As you're, as you're raising your children, as you're trying to be the best you can at work, uh, does it feel like, I don't want to say morally, because morally isn't the right word. Does it feel like from the heart? Does it feel like your heart's in two different places? Because you were such a career woman and you gave your heart to your work. Uh, at the same time you're trying to give your heart to your children is it a is it a matter of trying to spread love to both those those places or is it a matter of trying to spread energy because there's a difference there
1: hmm yes the thing is and this is thank you for this question because why um, as I was you know really well organized I I, I did always yeah, I, I'm very good in um, putting structure on everything, you know, mm-hmm. in, in work and also at home. So I had a a nice nurse, you know, who was taking care of the children. Mm-hmm. She was really you know wonderful person. I had somebody who was taking care of the household, you know. And so there was this kind of me. It was like you know when I left home, you know, hugged the children and did and did and went to work. I was like, you know, going out, waving to them. And a part of me was really happy that they are in a very good situation and very well taken care because, and this may sound strange, but myself, the way I was built, you know, if I would have just stayed at home, I would have been a very uh, difficult person. Because I needed this part who, you know, of creativity. I I needed, but the the problem was, it was a bit too much, you know, Mm -hmm. at the end. Mm -hmm. Because even if you are whatever, so-called powerful, you know, a powerful woman or whatever, no, you can't, you know, know and it's energy and heart it was both okay. because that that's that's really yeah that's how it fit it was like i i had you have 24 hours that's it
0: but was there not a part of you that could reconcile the fact that going to work and supporting those children is also taking care of those children was that not part of the equation
1: that, no, that was not because my husband had, you know, was the the he it. We did not had that the money was not the issue. It was more that I was a, such a you know happy mother when I was with them because I was so much you know fulfilled the time uh-huh. when I spent with them. You know, yes. I, I gave them hundred percent myself. You know, yes. but if I would have that's what I mean. If I would have been I had to stay at home and and then. I would have been pretty frustrated. You know? Understandable. Understandable. You know? And that's really honest, you know, that's.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I had to cut you off. Very special Christmas. You were, uh, go ahead and continue with that.
1: Well, um, uh, we always liked to go uh, for Christmas, you know, in, in somewhere where right it's sunny because it's cold in Vienna, mm-hmm. and that's the only, that's also a time where we, uh, from the magazine side, you know, it was was for us able, you know, to have some free time and to do it from far away. And so so here we are. It was, um, the family was also, my mom was always uh, going with us. She just was kind of like, a, it was Helmut my uh, ex-husband mm-hmm. and uh, Alexander the son Alexandra Nita the daughter myself and then um, my sister and her uh, son they came later and another family with two children um, they just choose to go with us because they it was Alexandra Nita the girl he's like now we will have her for two weeks with us just for us you know mm-hmm. because she is very special her way of coming already in the world and how she was acting and how people you know it was special for me she was my child my daughter normal but Later on, people told me a lot of, you know, kind of like, okay, you know, it's it's a very special appearance mm-hmm. and energy and, and yeah, the way just of looking, the way of her eyes, just like, a, so that's why this family also choose to come with us. And so we have a kind of a nice, you know, group of uh people are being in Thailand, in Kaulak. It's uh, in a very nice uh, resort where we choose to be because it was a part of from the crowd. It was um, in the National park area okay. and it was, and so yeah here comes Christmas. We celebrate Christmas, you know and we have a very nice um, Christmas Eve. And this was 24th evening, the 25th, we just relaxed. And then comes 26th of December.
0: And this is where we're coming up on the incident, correct? Okay, so Uh, here's what we'll do. We'll take our break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the incident that changed Sana's life forever. And folks, uh, it's time to batten down the hatches, because this is where things take a turn for the worse and kind of take a a little bit of the joy, not a little bit, a lot of the joy out of Sana's life. And this is the incident that changes Sana's outlook on life forever. And then we get into how Sana begins to look at life differently. When we come back, we'll talk about that fateful day that changes Sana's life forever and the journey it takes that journey beyond the edge of life, which is part of the title of the book, that changes her entire life and changes her aspect on life. Again, the name of the book, The Borrowed Daughter, A Journey Beyond the Edge of Life. It is available right now, and we have a link in the description of this program. Be sure to check it out. During the break, our guest is Sana Bronner, and we'll take a break. We'll be back right after this on the best in paranormal podcasting. This is Darkness Radio. welcome back to the best in paranormal podcasting this is darkness radio i'm your host tim dennis our guest is sauna brauner she's the author and experiencer of the book the borrowed daughter a journey beyond the edge of life we'll be talking a little bit about soul contracts and whether you actually write the contract of your life or the the actual experiences of your life before you enter this life a little bit later in the program Uh, before the break, we were talking about a fateful Christmas vacation in Thailand. And before uh, we got to our break, sauna was leading us into a fateful day that happened. We were talking about the 24th and the 25th. All had been going well in Thailand. We get to the 26th sauna and things uh, take a turn for the worse. Why don't you lead us into what happened at the beginning of the day in the 26th when you woke up?
1: Yeah, it was, a, it was a special energy. Uh, looking back, you know, that time, it was a special energy in the morning at 7 o'clock, and still most of them have been sleeping. I went to the sea, and I was like, somehow I had to swim, you know. I had to swim like wild. And then, like, something was so crazy. I just, like, the sea, the, the, the water was, like, taking me and swimming and swimming. And I was, like, you know, I don't know, half an hour, just going back and forth, back and forth. Then I came in a room and then we went to breakfast and then after breakfast, you know, people decided different uh, way to go, some to stay at it because the restaurant, the, the breakfast restaurant was on the beach, you know, at the beach. And from the beach to the room, we had quite, um, it was like, a 10 minutes walk, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, I said, okay, let's, let, I will go, you know, uh, to the room and bring all the stuff we need for the beach, you know, to play with and stay there. And, um, uh, Helmut said, okay, I will swim with the kids, you know, back because you could also, it was like a, uh, like Venice, it was a channel, it was like a swimming pool, you know, that had kind of lots of curves and you could. Uh, from the beach you could go in the pool and come to the room and from the room you could you know step into the water and you could just you know swim the whole you know pool up and be at the beach oh wow so okay. they decided to do this you know and i'm like you know going um uh, to the room and my sister and my mom and the little one alexandra Nita. they said okay they, they just stayed at the uh, restaurant and actually uh, and waiting. So I come uh, to the room, I enter the room, Helmut was already uh, at the terrace because he was faster, swimming through, and uh, Alexander and his uh, cousin, Alessandre, they have been opposite of the balcony, you know, like 10 meters, I don't know how much feet this is, but uh, there was an artificial, you know, Um, um, slide, you know, you could Mm -hmm. go, there was a bridge, there was like an island in the water, and Mm so and I go out to the balcony, and I say to Helmut, let's go, take everything, and let's go to the beach again, back, you know and it was like, you know, it's now, I'm telling but this was like in a like one second was now it's a minute because everything is so fast because there's just water from nowhere there's just water massive water i mean it's like and at the next moment as i just said this word and i wasn't even able to look just see the water and i'm screaming what and the the same time i was pushed you know from the water in the room and um you know, I. There is happened so much. This it it, the, the time, the in in space, in this kind of space, that these things happen just change. You know, I could observe. You know that the room got filled, and me throwing to this glass door in the in the in, from the ro- sleeping room in the bathroom. At the next moment, I I can I don't I don't hear anything, but I can imagine that kind of this pushing off because. At the next moment, I'm out, out somewhere. Like, I can just, you know, feel how my body is hitting, you know, everything. And um, and there is, you know, with the water goes, everything that was fixed before and everything like doors, televisions, beds, mattresses, you know, statues, you know, they're just going and myself in the water trying, trying to go out, to reach the surface, to somehow it's like, you know, because you can't just grab it you are just like here was the holiday here you are surviving in the water and, and it was for so long being in the water that I just at some point I was like you know not knowing was, where's down, where's up, where's left where's, you know? and I was no more you know breath, nothing else you know it was like I was like okay that's the moment you know how you give up you know wow. how you just leave, how you just that's it, you know. And by thinking this, there suddenly I I reach a room, a space, somehow a time uh, that is so quiet, that is so peaceful, that is just you know like there is no worry about anything, like you know. And then I hear this voice, and my voice, you know, asking myself. Sana, do you want to leave? And it was like somebody pushed a button that I come in this room and to like... a, And at the same time, and I hear myself answering, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. It really can... Yes, I do want to leave. And then somebody... Like this, imagine I press presses again the button and here I'm at, again in the water. Trying, trying, you know, survive, to do everything, whatever. And then there is a point where I really come up, you know, and there is surface and I just come see, you know, take the first breath, see what and i can't believe what i'm seeing you know i can't believe i can't just believe it because it i i like how how can the i thought the whole world is underwater because it was like two stories have been water it was the whole hotel i was like half a mile pushed out of the whole you know hotel complex towards the land inside where i came when i looked like back or what i saw the hotel you know behind me right and and then you know there was a van and like a car you know like a bigger one a bus and i grabbed you know the mirror of the side you know that that. right and just to come to Greece and just to you know just mm, you can't really realize still you know what's happening because you're still in the surviving mode
0: i was i was going to ask you okay so at that moment that moment where you your own voice asks you do you want to live is that the moment where you get clarity that you've been hit by a tsunami because it sounds like by everything you've described you're hit so quickly that you have no idea you just see water water everywhere is there a moment and is it that moment where you hear that voice, and after you've heard that voice, and you come to, where's the moment where there's clarity, Sana?
1: There is still no clarity, because you're still in the surviving. And, you know, I did not uh, know and hear before there to tsunamis. It's like, for me, it was like, what is meant? Because afterwards, everybody was like, tsunami, what? And then for me, it was like, wow, you know, this was, you know, the way, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's like, well, however, but, you know, I didn't hear before because I didn't in this kind of, so, I mean, afterwards, you knew a hundred thousand people got affected, death and, you know, somehow, and, and I was feeling this, like. Surviving so, mean, because it was like the, the the worst thing was also like I I was holding you know on this and you know I was still you know rushing and then I had to let go because the man was sinking and I had to survive and I was going to a forest, to forest. and at the same time before I was like okay now I I'm going you know. These trees are going to kill me. At the same time, the waves from the land comes back and uh, pushes me towards the sea again, you know. And and somehow I'm like, okay, what? I, where, where can I somehow survive? I can't hold on, you know, because I'm, the body is exhausted. You know, there is no breathing. They was just like, you know, you're going underwater, you're up. You're going underwater. It's like, you know, and then, you know, I, I finally got, you know, to hold on. On There was a tree and around this tree, all these things, you know, what was like all, all these... Uh, you know, furniture and everything was, was there, and and then and then and frames and this and, and I could hold on something, you know, and and hold on and hold on and slowly, you know, catch and 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 you know, step by step, you know, go a little bit up and hold myself on this tree on the branches of the tree mm-hmm. and step on those things, and and then you know, I I don't hear anything. Th- th- this silence. I don't hear for a while anything, you know, and I'm like can't be that that you know that this that this whole world is you know gone what what happened here yeah and after a while after a while you know i was hearing some you know voices and this and this and then you know i'm like okay after a while i'm i'm, I'm then i started to observe mm-hmm. then i started to and then my brain started to think about the other persons about the family about this and you i was i did not know this i just realized it you know after you know long, that i was already having like kind of two lives one was connected and hearing because there was a voice who to- started to speak to me it's like sana you can't do now anything for the other you have to look for yourself and then you know it becomes the worst you know i'm thinking about this person and this and then they say that like your mom is gone oh. and then you know somehow like okay what about what about this and then also that alexandra nita she's going to be taken care of you know and so yeah there is uh the next step was trying to go in the water, to reach the hotel, to look for the other, you know. And I was totally naked because everything was gone, you know, somehow. And then I somehow, it, it's a long story, you know, until I r- arrived there and what happened. But, you know, um I just tried to, compact, you know, to make it, you know, calm. So otherwise it's, and then I, the first, you know, when I reach and I see some people, you know, because, um Comparing to other hotels, the reception was actually on the fourth floor okay. and um, normally you have it at the on the ground, you know, and it's on the base. Mm-hmm. And so there have been people who have not been affected at all because they have been so high up, you know. Right. And, but still the water was there, glass was there, you know, everywhere mud, everything, you have been like slipping everywhere. And so, so, and the next moment I get out of the water and want to make a step towards the stairs, there comes a tie and, you know, uh, takes his t-shirt off and, you know, hands it to me so that I could, you know, put something. And this was already a very touching, you know, moment, you know, because, um, it was still you know you don't know what happened what happened you know yeah and then i went up and then i i hear actually i look and look and then i like you know how would to say it's like um 10 meters 15 meters i see my sister and then i see just her seeing me and she turns to the other side you know and says "Sana is here So I knew she was speaking to somebody of the family, you know, and it was the direction where Helmut and the boys were. So I know she was speaking with them. So, and then I connected to her and she was totally out of control. She was, she was totally, she was, crying she had pain in the neck and she's like started to be like totally uh, I, I will you know lose everything i i can't you know uh stay anymore i have pain and this and this and so but slowly i managed you know some people to uh hold her and you know interesting things is while you do this you watch still around the part of you is observing and then mm-hmm. i look towards a woman, she's just some steps away and she's sitting there uh, and leaning on the wall, you know? And then I do this and this, and then I look there and then I can see there is, she's covered with a white blanket, you know?
0: Right.
1: And and this happens from one second to the other. You can see only this one. People surviving, people die. People surviving, people die. It was, you know, for hours actually, Yes, it was even later on, you know, well, that night, you know, okay, I found Helmut, uh, uh, Alexander and uh, her son and so uh, we went, uh, they brought us after a long story, make it so, short, you know, with pickups away to the land, you know, to the mountains, mm-hmm. you know, where she should have to overnight and this and this and um, yeah, and Helmut, you know, he's, also, this kind of words Alexander Nita is speaking, he's a little bit psychic or something, like and he's he he's, he hears her, you know, speaking, you know, where she is and this and this. And so, this was the time where we the next day started, you know, to um, look for her, okay, because there was in my heart, there was something. I know, I don't know how she made it or who helped or whatever, but I know she's alive and I know my mom is gone.
0: Okay. You know your mom. This was
1: going towards the first night.
0: Well, now I want to ask you, there's that moment there where you're by yourself and you know your mom is gone and you hear your daughter's being taken care of. In that moment where you hear that, is there what's the emotion i i don't want to feed you but what's what's the emotion that hits you when you hear this in your head because some people would be frightened some people would be calmed by it other people would stop what they're doing and and go what the hell am i thinking what was your emotion when you first hear this i mean i know you're in the middle of an emergency but are you thinking you're imagining things or what are you thinking
1: I was asking myself later on all of this, like, what, the world, what is this? What was this? Like, whatever, you know, somehow. The thing is, like, uh, you, um, there is a part who does not want uh, to accept that you're hearing this okay. from myself. I, mm-hmm. I did not want to hear that my mom is gone and that I, I, the daughter is somewhere, whatever, like, you know, but is taking care of her. Because what does it mean? Yeah. It's not a help. You know, in right. some way. I right. it, it was for me like, okay, you know, but what does it mean? And I was, you know, and then this is also where this whole roller coaster of emotions starts. You know, yeah. It's like the the emotions go crazy from everything, from being so sad, being so broken, being so fragile, being just a from like you know when you had, because before I used I could manage things, I could structure and I was helpless. Helpless. Yeah. Not, there was like nowhere to grab on something, you know. Here, mind. Yep. The only way to only way to find some kind of peace and something was going to the heart. Mm-hmm. And and just really going to a heart. And connecting and um this is actually my message. This is my message, what is like connecting to this power that created us. I don't know how somebody wants to call it, but, but I started to speak with this, this higher power to ask for help, to thank for help, to ask for guidance, to thank for guidance. Because I was like, that's the only thing that I, I need you right now. Right now, I, I'm, I'm otherwise, you know, just so broken, you know, because let's say, let's just face this, your, your daughter is alive. The next day you up, where you wake up, where is she? What is she doing? Who is with her? What is happening to her? You know, it's like your mind your goes nonsense. It's like crazy. It's like you, you don't, you, you, because you have no answers. That's the point you have yeah. no answers yeah. yeah and the mind needs answers the emotions and that's in like the heart you know still it was it was a very very you know exceptional you know emotional Holocaust. It was really uh, it was looking back I, I somebody's uh, when somebody asked me, how how did you survive this? You know, I said, "Well, I had no choice."
0: You, well, you really don't. I mean, when you're at the at the mercy of forces of nature, you you take the the hand that's dealt to you, and you you do what you have to do. Um, let's talk a little bit about, and I want to I want to skip forward here. And again, I'm going to use the line that most people would use here in this situation. It's in the book, um, as to as to how you recover your daughter and how you bury your mother. Uh, we'll leave that for people to to read in the book. The book is "The Borrowed Daughter: A Journey Beyond the Edge of Life." So I'm going to ask you the difficult question here, Sana. As you're sitting here and you're trying to, as you're trying to process emotion, as you're sitting here and you're trying to figure out why me, why us, why during the Christmas holiday. Uh, which is supposed to be a time for family is my family picked apart is my family given one of the most tragic events that could happen to it why and and and, and, and what type of journey do you go on once you've had this type of tragedy what what does it do to you to turn your perspective around
1: um one thing was i always carried me with me and this was the way of i never allowed me to be to be or a victim of something mm-hmm. because i believed that i'm the creator of my circumstances okay at that time it was very hard to swallow the reality of my situation and to say and accept. And yes, I did. And by doing this, I received somehow um, kind of some invisible support which would guide me, you know, like towards also a woman who finally gave me some kind of answers why all of this what for you know it's like i believe before already in in a higher power in all of this why you know this like what is it for? what should i learn besides that uh i have to change lots of values about uh, what is important in life and not you know where to give my energy you know my attention my time you know everything and um it was when i um friends of us who knew a person who she was she's a professor she's a teacher she's a singer she's an actor and but there is something special about her she was writing letters from the other side mm. And this friends of us knew that this woman is existing, and they asked her to write a letter for us. And she we never met, you know. Okay. And she was actually in Italy taking care of her grandparents because her um, uh, son was a, a musician, you know, and he had concerts, and big ones. And she writes us at that time. You had to fax, you know. There was not like you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, emailing or just making a picture and WhatsApping or whatever. So she did uh, and and she uh, she uh, somehow confirmed what my feeling was. Mm-hmm. But then you know we got curious, and Helmut especially. So we asked for another letter, and then we became these answers that this was already orchestrated before coming to experience human life you know and that she would be the one if we do not change our lives in directions we wrote ourselves what we want to go where she would be the one who would bring the change instant
0: hmm it's very interesting sorry Are you telling me that, okay, we can write this contract or we can, we can have some sort of a predetermined or predestined outcome before we get here, but that we can change it up once we get here.
1: Um, Yes. Uh, We, we have like, you know, this kind of, okay, this planet is special, you know, for experiencing physical life, you know, body, body, because Mm -hmm. And let, let's say this is my way of thinking, you know, I don't, maybe people will not agree. That's okay too. But just, that's how I, you know, see it. It's like planet Earth is something special in a way of like, ex, as a, and I see myself as a energy being, you know, Yeah. but you know, because energy, we even after death, the body, we will, yeah, we will move the body for that. What's, I don't believe that there is something there is something inside us what is breathing me, you know? What mm-hmm. is God just like, you know, uh, giving me the possibility to look at nature. We don't have to do anything and it's happening, mm-hmm. you know? It's mm-hmm. growing. It's like, hey, it's not us, you know, right. who gives life. Right. And and so that's the thing what I, I realized, you know, somehow, yes, you know, we have directions where we go towards. And yes, I'm sure... We can, as we are very conscious about this whole picture and the metrics behind it, that whole thing, you know, step into and be the creator of changes. If we feel that yes, I I think I want I'm heading towards, but no, I am going this way. But you have to be very aware of you know everything what is everything and everybody even and i i think you know that my honestly my my highest belief is that's the only that's the only reason why we're here
0: is to learn those lessons
1: to be creative and not thinking we are victims of situations
0: Uh okay you know Mm -hmm.
1: because situations happen we will always experience something life is constant change
0: yes yeah
1: we have to let go I mean at that moment when I experienced you know having to that's why it's called the doctor. Mm-hmm. We, we don't we don't she does not belong in a way of oh, she's mine you know mm-hmm. I mean who is how can
0: we own some anything or somebody, even. That's pretty deep. I mean, I, I, you would like to think that at least the, the person you gave birth to would be yours, right? Yes. Yes, yes. And yet. And yet, you know. I, I, I mean, they look like you. They they have, you have shared DNA. The, the, you would feel ownership, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, on the level of material thinking.
0: But it's an individual soul.
1: It's we all. To whom do we really belong? Hmm.
0: I, I get what you're saying. I, I get. I totally get what you're saying. I do want to ask this question, though, Sana. It, it seems like, I mean, going back a few steps in the conversation, um as we're, as we're making these choices in life, it, it seems like we can veer off the path and we can veer off it very quickly with just a few decisions. Um, does it take a, a major disaster to put us back on or is it just a matter of a few steps?
1: Well, I think we sh- the, it would be good to uh, observe our desires. And then to see where, what is really, where do we give, you know, uh, our life energy into it? Because it's really, like you, it's like, I can't, can it be that we have to, you know, come to the pain limits when we are accepting change? Why can't we just do it before, you know? Mm -hmm. Like we just need to, being pain, I mean, also health, you know, mm-hmm. how long, whatever it is, you know, why do we, why are we kind of being like this, that we are like having to, you know, it's the really limit of something, then we're like, okay, change. Because for me, there was no question anymore, or, you know, there was, the change was throwing at me.
0: But then you have people who fear change almost to uh, an extreme level. You have people who don't want to change. They want to sit in their, in their way like they're stuck in concrete. Uh, change is scary, Sana. It's very scary. Um, what do you say to those people that, that don't want to change? Mm.
1: The... Yes, just to acknowledge that is scary, and I think this helps already not to um push this emotion away when you feel fear. Because well, then just you know, observe and then just like go behind your fear why is it? What is it you know that it's so scary about it? You know, it's like, and then it's a little step towards okay, you know, ah, uh, because there is fear is there for something. It's not like, okay, everything. And so it's just like to acknowledge your emotion. Not to make yourself like a super whatever and to play something. No, just sit. And I, you know, I went actually, there was so much emotions I had to heal, you know, in my life. And I went also to India, where I went in a kind of an ashram. It was a university where you learn To suffer proper
0: oh wow okay i i need to hear this how do you learn to suffer proper
1: and that's what it is it was like when you like say it like this you know there was there is a kind of a metaphor a little story i'm trying to make it fast go ahead um you are running in the woods you know Mm -hmm. Um, and then you hear behind you a tiger Oh God, and then you really start to run. Yeah, you yeah. run and you're starting to scream and scream. And then you hear there is a kind of a fort in front of you, and they hear you screaming, and they open your door and you're running into it. And there is another, you know, room where they open you the room and you're in the room and you are safe. And then you look behind. They did allow the tiger through the in the fort, through the room. The tiger is in the room. They close the door. And then you are there. And now the tiger is not in a hurry to eat you. He's just nyum, 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 looking at you. You know that. And you are there in the edge and fear goes through you back and forth, back and forth. You're just like a, a piece of nothing. you know somewhere. And jump. The tiger eats you and you're free. So, <laughs> what, it, what the story, what they wanted to tell is, you, we run from suffering. We run from our emotions. We run from anger, from sadness, from rage, from jealousy, from whatever it is of emotions. But instead of just sitting with them, letting, feeling them in every cell, because they are a charge in our body, in the cell. It's a charge. Every emotion is a charge. And until you don't allow yourself to go again through this emotion in a very, 100%, you have to feel it and to even intensify it, you know, so that you experience a discharge. And then comes another peaceful moment, you know, of, because we, we it's like a program and you have just to delete, you know, this kind of stuff. And that's at the end, you know, what we are here for. We can't escape and this was the running. We want to escape from suffering. No. How <laughs> to totally learn proper. Sit with your pain. Sit with the emotion that comes up. And it's uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. Because it's not nice to feel depressed. It's not nice to feel frustrated. It's not nice. That's not a nice emotion, you know? But when you sit and acknowledge it, because it, it's a part of you, it's, a, it's your emotion.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. You taught me something new today, Sana. I know that much. Uh, that That's a completely new concept to me. I've I've never heard of that. But Interesting. am
1: thanks. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's very interesting. Uh, huh? To learn to sit with it is a very interesting concept indeed. I think we spend a lot of time running from our emotions, that's for sure. We do. We spend a lot mm-hmm. of time running from trying to deal with things rather than tackling it head on. Um,
1: yeah, and we try to compensate them with drinking, with shopping, with listening to radio, with talking, chatting, phoning, meditating. Everything is escaping from what, yeah.
0: I've always told people to process it, move through it, and move on. But I've never thought about sitting with it. Sitting with it is a different way of processing. That's interesting. I've never thought of it that way. That's that It's very interesting. Very interesting indeed. I want to ask you kind of a, it, it, this isn't a crass question, but it is a contemplative question that may involve some emotion. And that's this. We're always told there's a lesson behind every action in the universe. At least I've been told that. And that's maybe this is my Roman Catholic background. Uh, you know, there's a lesson in everything, uh, even when in, behind every tragedy as well. There's a, well, you know, there's a lesson behind this. God had a lesson behind this. And I don't know that I've always bought that. You know, I, sometimes I think tragedies happen just because they happen. I'm going to ask you this question and it's uncomfortable, Son. I apologize ahead of time. What was the lesson behind this tsunami and why what was for god's sakes what was the what was the lesson behind losing your mother on christmas
1: yeah and i have to dig deep and to be really honest and it's about to open my heart more in a way of being very very authentic yeah very me and not presenting asana who maybe I wanted to see because everything got washed away everything got like and I was really I mean it was really I I was a dif- i was a different person in a way of like I would uh, see everything, look at everything. When I see a person nowadays and it's closed like this, wears this, or, you know, the, uh, drives this and this, we like to put people very easy, you know, in kind of levels and that. Uh, mm-hmm. But you don't know what's going inside this person. This is because many people, you do not look like you experienced like this, this and this, like you can't see inside a person. You just be, and and I had always, again and again, like you know, approach situations with like I have no idea about it. This person about you know I, I I I don't because it's I was a very mind you know I was a person with lots of in the, you know. I have, I I needed answers for this this in my mind, you know. And I had, I mean, but my heart got turned apart at that time. Mm -hmm. And it was, and for me, it was also maybe, you know, I gave also a meaning by writing a book to help others Mm -hmm. to see their tsunamis. Because all of we go through, it's just a different you know situation but um
0: so this tsunami was a literal metaphor it washed away the old sauna brought in a new one and yeah a fresh yes start.
1: it it was it was really because i yeah, i changed my job i i could have not believed before to quit you know and after this this was not even a question it was gone
0: You know, I, I know in, in times of tragedy in the past, I've talked to many people over 17 years um, who have, in times of trouble, in times of tragedy, they've gotten brand new starts. I've talked to people who have died and come back, and it, they, it, it's been such a shock that they've, they've changed a complete outlook, and it's a brand new day. It, it's just a brand new day. And it seems to me that that after the tsunami, it was a brand new day for you. Um, and... Takes
1: it takes a while. It does, <laughs> it, yeah. It takes a while. You need time to process. You need time to heal, to allow. And that's why I said I had a bunch of emotions I had to deal with. And I had to process. And if you don't do this, um there, there there is no healing yeah then you, you then you start to become a victim
0: yeah
1: let me ask you we, this. we shouldn't we shouldn't you know yeah we that's, true. that's true that's that, that's what I would want to say you should also be you know um some for the people around us you mm-hmm. know because we, we should, you know look to make how much is. Easy is for all friends, for the family also, and not you know to be somebody who is just phone
0: Yeah, yeah, that's 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 yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. Let me ask you this as we're wrapping up the show today: if you could sneak a peek at how you wrote out your life before you came here, if you if you believe you did. Um, how do you think you wrote the end of your, your chapter here or the final chapters? If you, if you could peruse it or if you could predict it, uh, how do you think Sana wrote out the end of her life?
1: Living with um more not on my own in a way of like i like i like to be uh very you know kind of you know extroverted in some way and inverted in a way of like okay no i i i'm, I'm seeing sana being uh, in this very you know how people used to be in a big family you know mm-hmm. many people around all ages you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and sharing and helping each other and that's how i um yeah see myself becoming you know as i get older and you know come you know finding my community you know yeah
0: yeah oh, that's perfect that's perfect the book is out there right now and available for you to pick up uh We've got a link to it in the description of this program. It's called "The Borrowed Daughter: A Journey Beyond the Edge of Life," and uh, our guest and the author of that book is Sana Bronner. I want to thank you so much for being with us today, Sana.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm really. I'm. I'm. Thank you for sharing. Thank you just for sharing, team, <laughs> and feel embraced through. The distance from Vienna to your
0: home. <laughs> well, thank you so much, I and mean, we embrace you as well from the from the states here to uh, to Vienna. We we very much appreciate you being on today. Mm, thank, thank you. you. I want to thank Sana Bronner for being on the program today. A little bit of good news for you guys. Beer City Bruiser will be back next week. That's right, at least. I can tentatively say that. I can't say it for sure, but uh, all signs point to the fact that Beer City Bruiser, our buddy, will be back next week. So cross your fingers. Cross your fingers. Say a little prayer. I appreciate that. Speaking of prayers, uh, I have put out a prayer and healing request on social media, on my social media, on the show's social media. Uh, Over the weekend, if you could, a a personal favor to me, uh, I know I'm I'm being selfish here, but... uh, I have a a good friend, more like a brother. His name is Max Carter. His mother, Jewel Carter, is in the hospital, an ICU in Texarkana, Arkansas. And his mother, Jewel, is, is in the hospital right now. Jewel had a really bad fall. And when I say really bad fall, I mean really bad fall, folks. She landed on the back of her head and fractured her skull. And in the process, has extremely bad bruising in her frontal lobes, both frontal lobes. And has bleeding and swelling in the, in the frontal lobes as well. In fact, it had gotten to the point where the bleeding and swelling had stopped in the frontal lobes until Wednesday. And actually on, on Wednesday, what had happened was the, the bleeding started again. And they decided, they had to make a decision, basically, a quick decision. And they, they put in a drain on on poor Jewel uh, to get some of this blood and some of this fluid out of her. And they had to sedate her as well. Now, Jewel is just a, a saint. She really is. She's she's a, an angel and a saint. She worked in the school system in Arkansas um, most of her life. And has been looking out for others and, and does it with a smile. And I just, uh, you know, I, I had the greatest time talking to her on, on FaceTime when uh, when Max and I get together. I have to tell you, I've been, I've been seeing pictures of Jewel since she's been in the hospital. And it breaks my heart every time I see a picture of her. Because I remember the smiling, happy Jewel that that I know, the mama I know, and and she calls me son as well. And it, it lights me up. It, it makes me smile. To see her the way she is now absolutely breaks my heart. And I'm hoping that you guys can can do me this favor over the weekend. Keep Jewel, keep mama in your prayers. Keep her in your thoughts. Put out some good energy for her. I know not everybody here is. I know we have some atheists that listen. I I love you, atheists, as well. Just keep her in your thoughts. Put some good thoughts out for her. Um, For those of you who practice uh, Reiki or energy work, please send that good energy out. For those of you who are going to uh, your religious services or whatever services you observe, please say a prayer for her this weekend. It's going to be rough. Uh, Jewel has already had some issues. With both long and short-term memory loss, she hasn't recognized Max on and off uh, since the accident, which is just heartbreaking. I mean, even with him standing right there, she hasn't recognized him, and then all of a sudden she will recognize him. And I know Max's heart hurts right now. Uh, If you could say a, a little extra prayer for him, too, I'd appreciate it. So keep Jewel Carter of Texarkana, Arkansas, in your thoughts and prayers and, and, and send some energy out to her if you are an energy worker. It's, it's going to be a long road back, but, but uh, Mama, we, we want you to come back soon and, and come back full to us uh, with a full memory, a healed brain, and a healed body, um, and smiling again. That's, that's the way we want to see her. And and we're hoping that she can be delivered to us that way. So I thank you guys for, for doing that. I appreciate that. Also a reminder to take care of yourself and take care of each other this weekend. Go out and have some fun, but it, it help somebody else as well uh, that needs the help. Do it for Jewel. You know, Jewel was on her own. Um, Max is up here in Minnesota and... and Unfortunately, Jewel lost her husband quite some time ago. Uh, she had a neighbor who looked in on her on occasion, but really she was doing things on her own. She was independent, and it was just a quick slip and fall that, uh, that you know, injured Jewel. So if, if you have an, a neighbor that's elderly and by themselves, maybe you can look in on them this weekend. Ask them if they need a hand with something and, and do it with Jewel on your mind. Um, That would be appreciated. Uh, Do it with her on your mind, with her in your memory. Uh, It'd be greatly appreciated. We'd we'd appreciate it here at Darkness Radio. So go out and have some fun in the meantime. I hear the movie business needs some money. (laughs) That's what I hear. Oppenheimer is out this weekend. Uh, I think I may go check that out. I didn't have time to go check it out this week, so... Uh, Oppenheimer is out. Of course, Indiana Jones is out. There's some other movies out there. I hear The Flash needs your money. I hear that's out as well. So there's lots of good stuff out there this weekend for you to enjoy. Of course, there's lots of good stuff on the streaming, uh, apps. Although I hear we're supposed to be boycotting. Is that the deal? We're supposed to be boycotting all this stuff in order to support SAG and and the Writers Guild. So do what you do, uh, I guess, but make it funky. That's what James Brown used to say anyway. So have a good weekend. I want to thank you guys uh, once again for supporting us, for being in our corner, for listening to us. The numbers are going up. Uh, We're getting good reviews, except for one person out there, and you know who you are. And I, I have my eye on you. Um, I say that facetiously by the way, but we appreciate you listening. Even that, that one person who keeps saying the same thing that doesn't make any sense in our reviews and giving us a negative review. Um, again, one person, uh, but, uh, I really do, really do, and I really am appreciative of each and every one of you that listens and takes the time out of your busy schedule. You know, a lot of shows don't give their moment of gratitude to you guys. I realize how busy your schedules are and how much of your time is taken up by work, how much of your time is taken up by by activities and and just getting through the week and how little time you have, how little free time you have. And the fact that you take any of your time to listen to this show really honors me. And I appreciate that. And it honors Bruiser and Mally and Jessica. We really do appreciate the fact that you tune into the show and you spend your free time with us. We, we appreciate you for that. So thank you so much for that. We would appreciate it, too, if you, would, uh, if you would listen to these shows the same week that you got them. If you can do that, we appreciate it, or at least within two weeks of getting these shows. The reason being is that we don't get proper credit with our sponsors if you don't listen to the shows within a couple of weeks of uh, getting these shows. So if you could uh, properly consume them, if we could put it that way, we'd appreciate it uh, so that we all can get the, the credit we need for them. Parashare Send your Parashare stories Tim at darknessradio.com Or if you want to send a voice note Just go to darknessradioshow.com Click on that blue button You got two minutes to do it And we will play your Parashare Right here on the show If you need more than two minutes Click that blue button again I'll, I'll, I'll stitch them together And we'll play them right here on the show We love to hear your lovely voice Right here on Darkness Radio. Darknessradioshow.com Again, have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you right back here next week for Darkness Radio. And boy, have we got a week for you. Karen Dahlman will be on the program on Thursday. We got a surprise for you on True Crime Tuesday. It's going to be a great week, folks. And of course, Beer City Bruiser is back. So tune in next week for the best in paranormal programming. This has been Darkness Radio.